Hi, and welcome back to the World Singer's Guide to the Cosmere. I'm Gigi. And I'm Jason. And today we will finally be getting into chapter one of The Way of Kings. And just a heads up for all of you guys, now that we are getting into the books, there will be spoilers ahead. So just a heads up. Yeah, and sorry for taking the past little bit of time off. School just started for us, so we're getting back into the swing of things and just had to need a little bit of us, of us time. So sorry about that. But yeah, here we go. Um, also, we now have intro music for you guys so that's pretty exciting yeah woohoo! And yeah it took us a while but we made it there you guys go we weren't we were a little productive over the little bit of time a little bit of time that we were gone so here you guys go enjoy and that was it that was our intro music. So. I know. Exciting, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. So before we get into the bulk of the episode, we're just going to go over a couple of terms that will be helpful for you going over this next chapter that we didn't cover in our last episode. So bright lords and bright ladies are kind of the upper ruling class of Alethkar and a lot of other kingdoms on Roshar. Uh, you could kind of compare them to like nobles from like medieval times um and they're called bright lords and bright ladies because they have light eyes or bright eyes um and sometimes just like in a similar line of thinking people with light eyes will call people with dark eyes darkborn um i don't know if that is part of the chapters that we're going to be covering today but for future reference that will be something that we'll be talking about yeah they just call them darkborn kind of obvious but it's kind of a sad thing, actually, too, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's get started going over the death rattle that preludes the beginning of this chapter. From, from the last podcast, we said the death rattles are things that happen in the beginning of every chapter, at least a lot of the chapters, and they're kind of little blurts that happen seconds before someone dies, and they eventually like foretell things that happen in the future, and it's kind of cool to listen to. But yeah, so the, for, the death rattle for this chapter says, you've killed me. Bastards, you've killed me. While the sun is still hot, I die. And that's all we have. Yeah. yeah. That's it for that one. Some of them are more illuminating than others. Um, so I guess it just depends on the chapter on which one you get. Yeah, that one's kind of lame, but it's okay. Yeah. That's all right, though. Awesome. So let's introduce the main characters of part one. Uh, they are Kaladin and Shalon. And um, at the beginning of each part of the book, because there's like a part one, a part two, part three, part four, etc. Um, different character names will be given. Um, and these are just the characters that will be focused on for that part of the book. Yeah, these are the viewpoints that we get. So it was say, at least in the book, it has little symbols, which I didn't know because I never read the books. I just listened to it on audio. But apparently on the books, it has little symbols for who's talking. Yeah, so for the who chapter. the chapter focuses on. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I didn't even realize that he didn't know this because I read the books before I listened to them. So I was kind of like, oh, I can't believe he didn't notice that. But it makes sense because he never even saw it. So um, yeah, there are symbols and like little circle drawings inside circles. And um, they just are who the characters are. So Kaladin has a half circle with spears around it. And it kind of makes like a crescent moon shape. One of the spears has a banner or a cape with a glyph on it. And then Shalon's is a landscape scene um, of where we find out where it is of later on in the books. And then Dalinar, um, he is not actually a main character for this first section of the book, which is just focusing on Kaladin and Shalon. But when we do see him later, it's um, the house of his glyphs on a shield or a banner kind of thing so yeah his house glyphs it's pretty cool yeah it's kind of cool that now it's like a fun little easter egg because i never yeah. knew that it's a cute little motif yeah 
fancy that. Um, so yeah, but chapter one takes place five years after the events in the prologue with Zeth and the king. I know it's been a while. Zeth murdered King Gavilar in a cool, brilliant way and then left the words like for his brother saying yeah, he has he to find, find the... the most important words a man can say. Yeah, so important there. But yeah, and it focuses on, chapter one at least, focuses on Sen, who is a cutie little new spearman recruit yeah, in the army recruited into the army yeah it's like his first couple days it's his actual first battle he's flipping out he's crazy and he's kind of just in this battle going along and at the last minute he gets changed squads from his normal squad to the squad of kaladin Stormblast. and yeah, yeah. and kaladin's squad has kind of like a reputation among the army of having the fewest amount of casualties and Sen actually finds out that um, Kaladin bribes other squad leaders for their new recruits, so they'll be assigned to his squad. And this just makes it so the new recruits don't get put on the front lines to die as distractions for their squad. Because sometimes people are scumbags and don't want to bother training the new people. They're like, well, you're going to die anyways. It's yeah, fine. You're going to die anyways. We'll just, you know, use you as a shield. A yeah, it's really shield. depressing. But yeah, it's Kaladin really is super nice. He's like, hey, I will spend all of my money getting all these new little cutie recruits and putting them in a safe place so I can take care of them. Yeah. yeah. I just kind of like our first introduction to who Kaladin is as a person. Yeah. So that's kind of neat. Um, but anyway, as the back, like as the battle begins, we're kind of shown Kaladin's squad um, and everyone else is in disarray and freaking out. They're in total chaos and... When they're rushing the battlefield, other squads are fumbling over shields, trying to get them up for like an onslaught of arrows that's coming against them. Um, and Kaladin's team just runs past all of the arrows because they don't need him. They're not in the middle part of the army. They're not in the bulk where the arrows will hit. Yeah, Kaladin's a big brain boy who tells his team like, don't even bother with your shield, just sprint as fast as you can. And they just kind of like outpace the rest of the army. And then they're out of like the air, not out of arrow range but they're not in the target arrow yeah. range so they're, they're kind of just chilling aiming yeah that's pretty cool um yeah so kaladin's team is really efficient they're super capable all of them are like very skilled and they work together as like a cohesive unit it's pretty cool um at one point sen ends up being separated from the squad and finds himself surrounded by an enemy spear squad and um yeah he kind of just gets a little bit wrecked. Yeah, Sen is kind of a total noob when it comes to like fighting. And he's only been like, I think it says he's been a group for about three months. So not very long in wartime. Kind of enough to like say, hey, this is how you do things. <laughs> so he's this little cute little recruit. He tries to stab one of the other people and he kind of just gets knocked around and he gets stabbed and returned. He just gets stabbed in the thigh and then he falls to the ground. And just as the enemy spearman is about to turn him into a shish kebab, uh, our homeboy Kaladin shows up out of nowhere, out of nowhere, and he saves the day. He then goes and poops on five guys, just killing all of them really, really quickly, all in rapid succession, all by himself. And this is kind of the first time that we see how cool Kaladin really is and in his fighting abilities. He's not just like an average run-of-the-mill spearman, but he is like a top-tier yeah, he's really good. Warrior. And it's also nice because we get to see him from a different person's perspective. Yeah. We so, get to see him like an outsider watching yeah. him. Like, oh my gosh. Like, what is he doing? This guy's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's kind of cool. So we get to see that for the first time ever. And then afterwards, that we see um, like the me the medics are rushing yeah, so, onto the field yeah, to help the squads wounded. are putting up like flags. Or it's like, hey, we saying, wounded. We need help. <laughs> and um, we also learn that Kaladin bribes the medics to come and save his squad members before other squad members. Obviously, not before the, the light eyes. eyes on the battlefield. But 
that's just another moment where we kind of see that he's like a good guy who just wants to protect and look after his peeps. Yeah, he just wants to save everyone. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a sad boy. Yeah. But yeah, this kind of shows us that he kind of like generally cares for everyone that he's over. And uh, this part, like Sen safe, yeah. is talking to another man, another man named Dabit. And we learn more about Dabit later on in the future. He's like Kaladin's right-hand man in this part. And Sen's asking, like, does he always fight like that? What's going on? How is he, like, incredible? And Dabit just says, it's like, it's part of his training, but he just fights like a storm. And he is just so much above the average spearman, and that's just how Kaladin is. That is just the innate skill that he was just born with. And, yeah, so after this whole rescuing Sen and the whole medic stuff, Kaladin and his squad notice a light-eyed man in glittering armor that they pointedly mention is not shard plate. Yeah, they even pointed out to Sen. He's like, "Oh no, a shard bear. No, that He's is like, not. No, that's not that's a not shard bear. That's just a normal light eyes. You idiot." Yeah. <laughs> and so Ken's mentioning how just it's just a, he's freaking out. He's like, it's a shard bearer. And he's like, no. We're all gonna die. It's not a shard bearer. They're not gonna waste a shard bearer in such an unimportant battle, you dummy. Yeah, just like, just for lands in Elithgarp. Because all of the shard bearers have gone to the Shattered Plains. Yeah. To, to fight against the Parshendi. Because of the whole Zeth Gavilar thing. Yeah. That happened five years ago. So, yeah. And then a something that was kind of like important and some foreshadowing for the future is that Sen mentions how he can see like pure and utter hatred in Kaladin's eyes when he talks about light eyes. And um, so Kaladin and his squad rush forward and they like try to take out this enemy Bright Lord. And up until this point in the fight, we should also note that Kaladin's squad has not lost any people. Yeah. It's just another kind of, oh wow, they're really like good at working together and protecting each other. But Anyway, so they wreck this enemy Bright Lord. <laughs> yeah, Kaladin like spears or like he attacks him, jumps up from behind, sneaks his way past all their enemy, jumps on and then like this, wrecks. I him. think he like throws a knife at him. No, that's that's later. No, I think it's here. He also like stabs him. Yeah, but he also stabs someone now with his like Does knife. Mm. Well, I guess we'll have to go back and reread that. We Man, we'll, did reread we'll, it for this. We'll clear it episode, later. We read but, it earlier, but we never yeah. recorded this, so here Find we are. Find out who was right at the beginning of our <laughs> next, next episode. episode. Dun dun dun. <laughs> but yeah, but, so after he completely poops on this enemy Bright Lord, our turn from earlier. Yeah. Um they see a man galloping toward that toward them in seamless, gleaming armor that they say seems to quote unquote like radiate light. And he's carrying this massive curved sword with like one side ridged like waves. And this is a very important sword because we see it throughout the entire series. We and this do. sword yeah. is like as long as a man is tall. Yeah. And we know that people in like Alethkar, they are not like normal height people. They are like six five and above. They well, they're tall people. They're tall people. Like every, like throughout the books, it's just mentioned like, you Alethi are freakishly tall, aren't you? I thought being like five seven, five eight was a good height, but it's And not. they were just being towered over by towered over. Alethi men and women. They're yeah. just tall, tall people. Yeah, we know that Kaladin, like himself, he's just a tall yeah, Kaladin's guy. a big dude. He's yeah. buff. Yeah. But it's just kind of crazy that these swords are bigger than the people. Yeah, and they're just wielding them like it's nothing. But again, yeah. we talked about that kind of earlier. Yeah, they're, they're just guess. light swords. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so after this, Sen, our boy that we're focusing on, blacks out from blood loss because he got stabbed in the thigh earlier. And then the chapter ends. We kind of don't get to see what happens with the shard bear. We just are introduced to one on the battlefield. Yeah, so we know like, oh, crap, things are about to hit the fan. And plot twist. We don't get to we see what happens. We don't get to know what happens. Yeah. 
yet. Dun, yes. dun, dun. Pay attention in the future because that happens eventually sometime in the book. I don't know where because I only listen to it, but it happens yeah, somewhere. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so this initial chapter might be confusing for people that are first reading the book because you get this first chapter with Sen and then the next chapter, it totally jumps to Kaladin and you don't see Sen's perspective again. Ever. Um, ever. So that is kind of like, I was a little confused when I started reading because you get... You get the like the prelude or the the one before the prologue, um, and yeah, then that, it's a lot to then, get into the story. Yeah, it's just a lot. It's like three chapters in a row that just don't have anything to do with each other. It seems when you're first reading, um, but the plot what, twist it does. It's very plot important. Twist it does. It's really important, but it's really cool because this chapter sets up like it's a setup for future chapters where we get to see Kaladin's flashbacks. And a lot of the time they are centered around this battlefield scene because it's very important. Um, and this is why it's incomplete. And it kind of leaves the reader to like wonder what happened to Kaladin and his spear squad. Yeah. Cause next thing you know, like they're pooping everything, then boom, big boy who's supposedly too valuable to waste in a common battle yeah, shows up. Bear shows up. And remember, these are not just like common like knights and like medieval times. These are people who are in like god tier suits of armor that yeah. are worth a kingdom, worth a kingdom, yeah. and a sword that cuts through everything. So, so they, it's like it's serious. And yeah, then, and it really boop. doesn't make sense to them because they're just like we said earlier in a skirmish for land in Alethkar. And then plot twist, big boy. But there's a shard bear there shows now, up so to kill kinda, everyone. It's kind of crazy. So oh, yeah, with that and just kind of. Focusing again on that Kaladin is a good leader. He's not super cocky. And he just cares about the people that he's with. And with those last little notes, we are going to move on to chapter two, which is titled Honor is Dead. Yeah. So also, our our chapter parts are going to be kind of short because there's a lot that happens in the chapter, but a lot of it is dialogue and not all of it's important. So we're just going to be summarizing like the main parts and important tidbits and pieces that happen. But yeah, chapter two, Honor is Dead. And then once again, starts off with a death rattle. And this death rattle reads, Ten orders. We were loved once. Why have you forsaken us, almighty? Shard of my soul, where have you gone? So, just another thing that doesn't make sense to the reader that's just barely getting into the books. But for those of you that have read the books, it definitely is foreshadowing for later. Yeah. Yeah. So... This next chapter is the first one where we get the story from the like one of the main main characters and it takes place eight months after we after the last chapter ended and it is very different from the last scene we saw which was on the battlefield. Yeah luckily we are now done with all the time jumps there will be no more future time jumps going on like eight months later five years later four thousand five hundred years later that's all done now yeah. everything is pretty yeah. much in order minus like the flashback. Yeah which we are will very get clear. flashbacks but they kind of tell you at the it's beginning it's like five years ago and it's just from one of the it's either from kaladin it, it's only from kaladin's perspective in this book, in this book. and so, a little bit of shallan i think maybe like one maybe one but i think shallan is mainly in words but of two. radiance <gasps> yeah yeah anyway so it's very different kaladin our spear leader our squad leader is now a slave yeah, I don't big know how plot he twist. got there. Yeah. <laughs> goes from being <laughs> big different. boy, impressive warrior to, haha, now you are a worthless slave. Yeah. He's been branded and he is caravanning through the wilderness with a bunch of other slaves waiting to be sold. Yeah, kind of depressing. Um, a lot of the things mentioned in The Way of Kings and all of the Stormlight Archive books are the brands that slaves get. Just kind of like marked on their forehead that, hey, you are... 
You permanently did property. You're permanently property for as long as you exist unless you pay off your slave debt. And then but still you'll impossible. still have your brands on your forehead. So yeah. they're, they're a various, very obvious mark of slavery yeah, it's that you can never Big on your forehead that's gone. Yeah. But there's also something that Kaladin has. That which, other slaves don't. Which is they don't. It's called a shash brand. Which means that he has been marked as a dangerous slave by one of his previous owners or like persons that were like around him at that time. Yeah. And people that have shash shash brands (laughs) aren't super common. And usually slaves are just put to death instead of getting a shash brand, you know. So everyone that comes into contact with Kaladin knows that he is a threat right away. Yeah, they know that this man is dangerous because usually when people get a shash or a do something too bad, they just get killed. But for some reason, Kaladin survived and was just marked as an extremely, extremely dangerous person. So, yeah. And this is also the first chapter we get introduced to Syl or Sylfrena. We learned her full name later, but it's not really important. And as far as we know, uh, she is described to us as a wind spren, a wind spren, so a little spren-like thing that rides the winds, and they have the reputation for always, always like causing mischief, like yeah, tying people's shoes together, to each other, make and people stick trip. things. Yeah, so like that is like messing with people. And she's been talking to Kaladin a lot throughout their little trip in the slave wagon, and Kaladin just thinks he's going crazy, as no one else around him seems to be able to like hear or see Sill. And she's talking to him and asking him, like, childlike questions. And it's kind of tripping him out because at this point in time, it's commonly known that Spren aren't, like, sentient, intelligent beings. They can just, like, mimic voices and that type of stuff, but they don't have, like, their own personality. Yeah. Or, at like, most, school, they could be, like, thought. little animals, little wild animals, but that's it. Like, intelligence-wise that they could be compared to, but... Not really. Yeah, not like human level, not able to speak. So Kaladin's kind of like going, am I going crazy? I'm seeing this little person. She's talking to me. What is going on? Yeah, so she's kind of just like flying around. But like something about Spren is they can always like change shapes. So sometimes uh, Sil or other Spren as well are like defined and described as like a ribbon of light or a cloud or or sky eels and just a bunch of different things. Usually when she's talking, she's like shaped as a young woman wearing like some of the clothing of Alethkar. She, yeah, she doesn't wear, like, the hava, which is the dress that the women of yeah, Alethkar... She's in, like, a childlike yeah. skirt. She's in, like, a, a skirt dress. Yeah. yeah. So hava is just really fast for future reference. They're just the dress of Alethi women, and they always have their left hand covered for modesty, so... Yeah, because that's their version of modesty. Their left hand, their safe hand, is always covered. It mm-hmm. is never out. They say, like, when people have their hand out, it's, it's viewed as very, like scandalous like someone showing like like, a lot a lot of cleavage isn't bad but their hand is is. yeah so like whores for brothels and stuff will have gloves with their fingers cut off so you can see like the fingers um of their safe hands yeah and they're like and that's like the guys they love it yeah they're like (laughs) wow look at that hand i bet she has a beautiful safe hand yeah bro it's probably exactly the same as her right hand but They see it as something like crazy, like how people talk about cleavage and boobs and that stuff. It's just a hand, and that's very important here. Yeah, it is. So, weird thing. But yeah, um, but back to our story. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so one thing that's kind of like important here to notice now that I don't think is completely clarified at this point 
is that some spren have the ability to choose whether or not people can see them and they can choose who can and cannot see them so like i can like the spren can make it so i can see it but that Gigi can't so she would just see me talking to nothing to nothing because I couldn't hear. Because she either. can't hear it either. She just hears me mumbling to myself. And be like, ah, I'm like, oh, he is crazy. Yes. And remember, all these people are slaves. They are in like the deepest dark part of their lives. Beaten, they're abused just, people. Yeah, that... they're depresso expresso. So like, man, he's been pushed too far. He is. He is gone. He is <laughs> crazy now. Especially from someone with a shash brand. Yeah, especially yeah. Earlier. They're a little he's dangerous. He's already symbol. dangerous. Now he's talking to himself. Oh my gosh. What's what is wrong on? with this guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So as the same coin as like Syl is asking these very like, not profound questions, but childlike questions like, what is that? Why does that work? What? La, 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 la. So, like, she's like all this type of stuff. She's very curious. Yeah. She's just a very curious like toddler at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this time that this is going on, the other slaves in the wagon are talking about how they all became slaves. And all Kaladin says is three words. He just says failures crimes betrayals yeah so at this point we don't know whose failures whose crimes or whose betrayals led kaladin to get into this position only eight short months later after the battlefield that we just saw where he was a pretty important person for a dark eyes yeah like he's a dark eyes he's not like a big boy fanciness but he's just he worked his way up and became a squad leader which is a really impressive feat and like this yeah, t- especially for dark eyes in this kind of system, right? Yeah. And a thing that's also being mentioned this entire interaction time is that Kaladin's like brands are fresh. They are bleeding and oozing. Yeah, he's always picking at them. They might be a little infected. And in his mind, he's hearing his dad's voice saying how to care Clean for the wounds, the wound. like, wash them out, get some like knobweed sap for an put, antiseptic. Yeah, know? like it's very specific. Like he has had medical training before and the voice he hears who is his dad, who is a surgeon. Yeah, but also we could have kind of gathered that he had medical training because I, we might have forgotten to mention this back in Sen's chapter, but he binds his wound mm-hmm. when he got stabbed on the battlefield. So we do see some previous surgical or medical experience with Kaladin there, but this is just backing that up. Yeah. It's just a lot more in depth that he's like hearing a voice in his head telling him, wrap it twice, wash it daily. Make sure it doesn't get effective. If an infection spread, keep rot spread away. Use these type of plants to keep it away. Do X, Y, and Z. And it's just more knowledge than the basic person would have. Like the basic person at this time might be like, well, I need to wash this and I should probably like put something over it. But instead it's like more in depth, more direct, like specific specific, like care to his injuries. What is going on. Yeah. So kind of just a little tidbit and then after this whole interaction where we see the slaves talking about their pasts and just some stuff on kaladin's scars um the the slave master tavlakov which totally is spelled weird it's spelled very weird you know i used to judge people (laughs) for getting names so horribly wrong from reading but after looking at the spelling i'm like oh well i could kind of see how they would get that like it's like Tavlakov, you would think it would be like T-O-V-L-A-K-O-V. No. There is a single vowel in that entire, entire word, entire name, Mm -hmm. in the middle. Yeah. (laughs) It's just Tavlakov. Tavlakov. Yeah. It's a very like... Foreign name, which makes sense because you know we're in a different place. Kaladin's not a normal name either. Yeah, none of the names are normal, which is kind of good. Yeah, It makes it so much better because if like Kaladin's name were Henry and the story was about Henry, I would not be 
as interested. As Who cares about Henry? Yeah. Sorry if your name's Henry. We do love you. You're appreciated. Yeah, you are appreciated. You're, it's just not fantasy stuff. It's okay though. <laughs> but but yeah. anyway, Devlaka, the slave master, stops all of the wagons and he's just inspecting the slaves. And you know they're his goods. They're not people to him. They're just like I need to make sure that these goods are still sellable before we reach our final destination, kind of thing. Yeah, like you know? very much like. Like America's in the slavery times, like that type of stuff. They're just caravanning from place yeah. to place, selling their goods, buying new ones and going somewhere else. And that's mm-hmm. just how, not how the world works here, but that's just how people who have been sold into slavery. Yeah, slavery is very prevalent. Become. It's like a Roshar, big thing. Especially with the Alethi. Yeah. Other, are, other cultures other, don't really yeah, have don't slaves. don't really have it. I mean, they all kind of have Parshman, which we mentioned last episode where, you know, but... Yeah, they can't. They don't even see them as human. No, nowhere really does. Yeah, but there's slaves are really only big in Alethkar, Mm -hmm. and where they're used for all sorts of things, as we will see later. Yeah, but (laughs) but yeah. So he's inspecting all of the slaves, and then Tavlokov sees that one of the slaves is pretty sick, and he's just coughing and coughing. Just has like a pretty like I kind of. When I was reading this picture, it's like whooping cough kind of sound, just like like a guttural gross mucusy cough yeah it's kind of just disgusting yeah it kind of grosses me out just kind of thinking about it yeah that kind of cough and kaladin being the cute little medical expert that he is kind of looks at him and is like oh all this guy needs to get better is like extra water extra water and sleep so he kind of tells the slave owner tavlakov this and tavlakov just ignores him yeah. completely he's like hmm, no he's like no then he orders his hired mercenaries to go and drag this poor little sick man out of the wagon and just kill him right there with the cudgel. Just yeah, just like bash his head in. Yeah. Killed. Like Done. it was nothing. And that's just another like way to show how they kind of view. They're slaves. Their even slaves. though they're just normal people. just They're not even normal people. They're just disposable. Income. Income. Like he's going to get the rest of these people sick. Yeah. Even though he wasn't because he was past the he stage. Was, yeah, he was already past the infectious stage. Infection. Kaladin mentions this. He's like, oh, he literally just needs water and sleep. And Kaladin gets super mad at this death because it was completely avoidable. And in his hand when he was talking with Syl, he has this leaf. And it's the black bane leaf. And it's this is a poisonous herb that becomes more potent the longer... It's been dried. Mm-hmm. So he Kaladin's been saving this for a long time. Possibly for all eight months, but probably not. No, probably not. But right. even though he's like been holding on to it because yeah. he found it one time when they were allowed to stretch their legs. Yeah. And, and he's been holding it this entire time. And in his anger of watching Tavlakov kill this man, he... Rushes forward and grabs the bars and then crushes the black man the leaf. in his hand. And this is like super discouraging for him because it could have been a way out for either himself or he could have used it to kill Tavlokov and the mercenaries because they're the last people to drink from the water. So if he was the last slave to get the water and dump the black bane in it. It would have turned the water into poison, killing the slavers. Killing the slavers. But they also probably would have died because then they would be trapped inside like... The cage. A cage and they all would have starved to death. So that's depressing also. But this is the thing he's been using to hold on saying, I can control like my his, situation. It's like his hope. Yeah, he's like, I can control the situation. I can do something right. Then he crushes it. And it's useless because it blows away. He only has a small rev, like a small piece of it left that's not potent enough to kill anyone. Just makes someone like sick for a little bit. And he's like, wow, I really suck. 
at everything. I can't do anything right. I can't protect anyone. Yeah, everyone just goes dies into around a depressive me. spiral yeah. at this point. So from like here on out, Kaladin is our depresso expresso, and that's our term that we're going to use for him. And his severe and, crippling depression. Yeah, and he generally hates. He doesn't hate. He hates he, himself. He hates himself. And he's has kinda, severe survivor's guilt. Yeah, severe survivor's guilt. He's very from just jaded towards light eye. Oh, and his life, yeah. Well, his life right now. He hates light eyes. He ha- as a but base we, concept, Yeah, but we saw that eyes. in our last chapter. That's not just because he's a slave now. That's just How other things been. that have happened in his past, which we will, once again, I've been saying this a lot, we will get into this later. Yeah, because we don't want to spoil everything right now because we can go like big boy deep things like this is this is this, but then that's not fun for you. If you like you're listening along, we're like, oh, yay. I just, I, I I just, just started this. this Thank you for I'm explaining. So excited. And you're like, oh. They just spoil everything. They just spoil what happens in book four, like a big reveal. Depressing. Great. I hate you. Not listening to you ever again. The worst. But no, we're good people who don't have big boy spoilers. We talked a little bit like, spoiler, Kaladin's dad is a surgeon, but it's not that important because we find that out in like a chapter or two. Yeah, we find that out after we get introduced to Shallan, and which is our next main character. Our next main character. And Shallan's a cool person. She's nice. She's not my f- personally favorite i really ever. liked her in the first two books i liked her in the first oh, no, book kind of because she has like some fun interactions second book was a little bit more well, and she... then it kind of like just goes personally for me it goes downhill she's still a great character has a good stuff but not she's not my favorite she kind of just regresses a little bit yeah which you know for those of you that have read the books you get what we're saying you might still really love her as a character she and might be your fine. favorite but you could also kind of see like the the like whole, where we're where coming, we're coming from. from, if that makes sense. But for those of you that haven't read that far, don't worry about it. You'll you can make your own decision. Yeah, you, you will love Kaladin. You'll love Kaladin. You'll think he sometimes is a jerk. Yeah. Um, you'll think so is always a cutie. She is a cutie. She's just a super, super nice lady. Spren yeah. thing. She's cute. She's very sweet and innocent. Yeah, and it yeah. shows. Which is kind of refreshing for... After death, after murder, slavery... Hey, oh, what's, what's that in your hand? <laughs> oh, I can keep a secret. And it's also, oh, one thing that also happens that like tips Kaladin off that's so special is she calls Kaladin his name. Mm-hmm. He's like, Kaladin, why aren't you talking to me? And he just turns instantly, like freaks out, like wide. is like, what did you just say? Like, because he knows point, they can mimic things, mm-hmm. like mimic voices. He's like, oh, she's just mimicking she's whatever. She's trying to mess with me. She's, she's just, just being to... annoying with freaking Windspren. Yeah. But she consistently calls him his name. And he's like, oh, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. You are not a normal spren. I don't know what's happening. Again, probably contributed to his whole like, I'm crazy. I'm going crazy. But, you know, he is not, in fact, going crazy. He is just a depressive He's espresso. not the character that goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers for the future. Someone does go crazy. And we also kind of judge her for it. But it's also just really good writing. It is really good writing. And one thing that we really like about these books is like Brandon Sanderson doesn't just like write about mental issues. Or... Mental illness. Like depression. Yeah. Dissociative identity disorder. Or, or like other things like that. people with disabilities. Or, or addiction. He doesn't just write yeah. about them. But like, oh, he like here's like, job. I think they would be. This man goes out and like hires experts, people who have had like PTSD, people who have served in wars, people who have yeah. done people who, who have, have struggled, depression, yeah. people who have dissociative identity disorder, or who have, people who, who are worked in those fields. And he gets all of these like informations and interviews. 
and writes his books or that part relating to that issue, hands it to the person who either has it, has a family member, has an expert in the yeah, field. Someone who knows what actually, it actually what, what is it's going like. On. And he has them read it and say, No, you're wrong here. This is not how it is. It's actually like this. Yeah. And, and that's like, really oh. refreshing because I feel like a lot of the time in books and media we get like a very dramatized adaptation of especially mental illness. You yeah. Know? And like you you can see in like criminal minds or any basically Every crime TV show is like, like they had oh, schizophrenia it, and this caused them to kill he did this. a billion different people, you know, but he actually like, twist, takes the time, the time to in. write it how these people could actually be instead of making it so every person with depression is, exactly, know, the is same. exactly the same or someone with schizophrenia is automatically dangerous when in reality they're not they're just probably very sad and confused and don't you know they're just having a hard time just trying to live like everyone else yeah but this is why we love brandon sanderson he goes and puts the time in to make really good books it's like really quality writing writing. and it's like great when you're reading the books like man this is amazing this is so accurate and people who have these like disorders like anxiety depression and like like, wow i really feel seen like yeah that's how it is for me i like i can relate Instead of being like, wow, that is is not how it is. But like the downside, not to that, but the downside about Brandon Sanderson is he takes so dang long (laughs) to write his books. I know. I'm like, please, like, I don't want a Robert Jordan situation here where he dies and And then someone else has to write it, even though there are parts of his books that other people write. Right now. Now Now there are. Because the cosmos are getting so so expansive. There's so much going on. That like other people have, he has hired other people to come in and help take off some of the weight of the Cosmere. Yeah, but we want him to stick around for a long, long time so he can finish these books the way they were written. They were written or because intended to be written. Imagine like if all this comes out, he's like getting to the climax and boom, dies. New boy has to come in and finish it. That would be so sad. That would be the worst because it, like, it might still be a good book, but just knowing it's not what Brandon had in mind. Or he could have like had an outline, but not getting that exact writing from him would have been so depressing. Yeah, it would have been quite sad. But there's our Little, other tangent. <laughs> yeah, we can go on tangents all the or time because, I, you know, yeah. this the Cosmere is great. I love it. Brandon Sanderson is an amazing writer. He's a cutie. If you take his class at BYU, if you go to BYU in Provo, Utah, he will let you get like little snippets and just talk and ask questions and... He's a cutie. We're not in the class. No, we're not. I was going to take it this semester. Um, but one of my other classes that I need to graduate changed their schedule from being like every Tuesday, Thursday in the afternoon to being once a week on the same day that he has his class. The exact same time. At the exact same time in like late until the night. So I couldn't even catch the tail end of it or the beginning of it, unfortunately. So lame. Yeah. Broke but... my heart. I was so sad. I even got into the class. It's a really hard class to get into. Yeah, it's because every like not everyone, but a huge All author of, in like yeah. the LDS community is Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, and then also like all of the writing majors are trying to get in because he's a very like he's a he's an author. He's well established. They all want what's going to on. To get with tips, him. they want to know and what's then going on. 
people that have read his books and just want to go and be like, oh, this is so cool. I'm a fan. Go oh, <laughs> Answer my questions. Sign my books. Yeah. Also want to get in. So also, just that's a, us. We yeah, we are the us. fangirls who want to ask his ask questions and have him sign our books because, no, we're building our little Brandon Sanderson a library. And we'll send a picture yeah, of that we'll out check on out our, our Instagram because we know our Instagram's lame. We're bad at social media. We apologize if you want. We don't even have our own social us, media. Yeah. So we don't str- even use social media. So we're like, what goes on on Instagram? Like, what do we put on this? So all yeah. right now is our episode. So we'll put that out. And then you can see our cool things that we have. Yeah, we're missing. We still need to finish our Mistborn, Wax, and Wayne books. Yeah, so we're working on finishing our collection. But it's kind of dang cool. And it's really good to read. But that is really all we have for you guys today. Yeah. Um, sorry again for that big break we had between episodes. School was a little bit crazy getting back in the gist of things. Yeah, we'll try to be more consistent. Yeah, we're, we'll try. But if you have any comments, questions, concerns, you guys can reach out to us at the world singers guide at gmail.com, just like how it shows on wherever you're watching it. Yeah, or it's DM exactly us on name. Instagram. Or DM us on Instagram. We we'll talk to you we're cool we're fun we're trying to make a discord and get like a patreon and everything and like that going but once again we we don't have social media so we don't know what we're doing (laughs) um but yeah so we're working on these things they're coming out soon but if you want to reach out to us have questions you want to just like share some stuff say hey if you want to shout out you want to shout out we'll call you out in in this sorry henry (laughs) like yeah sorry henry's actually great we love you you're great you're appreciated and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you guys have a great rest of your time and your day. And that is really all we have for you guys to now. We will see you guys next week and enjoy our intro music once again as our outro music. Have a good one, everyone. And goodbye. Fun fact, our outro music is actually like 37 seconds, but you don't want to hear 37 seconds with just that. So that's all you get. Goodbye. (laughs) Have fun. Have a loop.